Lord, thank you that you are our Father. We can call you our Father, a good shepherd. Thank you that you lead us by the still waters, Lord, and you restore our souls if we wait on you. And we won't faint and grow weary if, um, if we wait on you, Lord. Pray that you would just be with us this morning. Help us to take in your word. I pray that it would profit us in our lives and in our hearts, in our minds, Lord. Give me a clear mind and understanding and that I could communicate um, what you have laid on, on my heart in a way that's easy to be understood. I pray that you would be with us. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> so, I apologize this morning. Um, when I was thinking about having an opening, I was... Um, thinking about our um, kind of our discussion at brothers meeting a while back about having one having a meditation that would draw our minds toward the Lord and <clears throat> maybe on his attributes or something of that line um, and so I was thinking about that and then I got to studying and I'm not sure if it actually turned out um, as much of a meditation as I would have wanted it to be, but hopefully we can all um, be increased in our faith from it, from what I have to share. Um, so I'm actually going to be preaching out of the songbook, from the songbook, um, the song that we are memorizing this week, or that we had been memorizing, hopefully. May the mind of Christ, my Savior, live in me from day to day. There's a lot of good things in this song, and hopefully I can bring out some of those, um, some of those things. So I guess if we could title a meditation this morning, it would be um, That Mind, referring to the mind of Christ. The author here, uh, Katie Wilkinson, there's not too much about her. I was hoping to find a big, um, a big story about her life and what all she went through or did or whatever, but there isn't too much of that. Um, she lived in England and was just involved in ministering to young girls who's married. And she wrote two songs, I believe. Um, this song, obviously, The May the Mind of Christ My Savior, and also... Um, Keep Me Shining, Lord, which I did not know that song, I don't think. This one is by far the most popular song, May the Mind of Christ My Savior. It appears in like about 55 songbooks, hymnals um, in English. There's also one in um, Arabic. I believe it is um, Keep Me Shining, Lord. Is, I'm not sure if she actually wrote it in Arabic or if Somebody translated it, but it's interesting. So the first here, may the mind of Christ my Savior. Our minds are powerful things. They are persuasive. They persuade us. Um, they control us. Our minds control us. Without our minds, we would basically be nothing. Um. We use the term making up our minds. Most of the time, you know, somebody's kind of indecisive or like 
you don't know what to do, then you're like, well, just make up your mind once. And hopefully you expect them to act on that. You know, once you make up your mind, you would do something after that. So it controls us. And it changes our whole life. Our mind does. The way we think. I can get this all laid out here. Changes how we think and our worldview, which is basically the lens through which we see all the world around us, how we interpret things, which is very important in how we do that. Um, it, makes, it directs us as a person and makes us who we are. Um, our, minds are, our minds and our heart are very connected, emotions. Um, and it makes us who we are. If we couldn't think, we wouldn't really be anything. <laughs> and the purpose, it says in this song, may the mind of Christ my Savior live in me from day to day. Life goals that Christ had, his whole mindset and his um, outlook on life, should be what we have as well. It should be our mindset. Our whole encompassing purpose in life should be as Christ was. And it should dwell in our minds. That mindset of Christ should dwell in our minds. And we'll get into that a little bit later of what um, Christ's mind was and how we, how we learn um, what his mind is. So you can um, turn with me to Philippians 2. Familiar chapter about the mind of Christ. Philippians 2, verse 3. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So normally, I was always read this, these verses as verse 5, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. And then it goes into how it explains um, what Christ's mind was. But I would like to almost change that around, which maybe. I'm just coming along here um, <clears throat> and looking at it this way. But I would like to see the mind of Christ was what it said in verse 3 and 4. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. And we aren't supposed to look on our own things, but also on the things of others. Put others' interests ahead of ours. The mind of Christ, if you think about it, like just in his life, I think he was very um, involved and purposeful about, um, well, I guess his whole life was about others. He was here for others. He was here for us. He was healing people. He um, 
showed them the truth and the light and the way. And ultimately, he was here to save us. That was the ultimate demonstration of his love toward us. Um, was that he gave his life for us in the end. His purpose here was for others. And just the fact that he uh, came to this world from his royalty, from his high place in heaven, should uh, make us stop and think about uh, what what his mind, how his mindset actually should make us stop and think about um, the purpose. purpose that he came and the the um I'm not sure how to say it. So he came from the from heaven to earth for others. I guess that's how I was thinking about it. Um he was he was way up there but yet he came down here for us. It's like us, um, if we, so like I said, it would be like us humans if we would want to, um, if we see these mouse on the floor, these mice on the floor, and we're like, oh, they need help. And the only way we can help them is if we become a mouse, or if I become a mouse. <clears throat> so, you know, he's a person we're like, Mice aren't anything. Normally we want to kill them. But Christ was even more that way from coming from heaven down to us. He, it's way further than us becoming a mouse to help the mice. Which, I guess it wouldn't be all that bad. Sometimes we say we want to be a mouse in a corner and get to hear conversations. But I wouldn't want to be a mouse if there's a cat around. <clears throat> But Jesus went further, further than just coming down to earth. But he was made like unto his servant here. He didn't like push his own agenda and be like, well, I came down from heaven, so therefore I should be king here and I need to be, um, you know, praised and everybody should look to me. I should have the best of this world. He didn't do that. He came here as a servant, very lowly in very, very lowly ways of his birth and just of his whole life. But then he humbled himself to one of the biggest disgraces and died on the cross for us. So that's the mind that should be in us. We're here to serve others, to not think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think, to think soberly, according to as the, according as God has given to every man the measure of grace, something like that. Um, <clears throat> but here we are, we like to have things nice. We like to have people around us that we like and they're easy to get along with. And, you know, it's so comfortable to have people and friends around that we like. Some people are just kind of awkward and we don't really want to be around them too much. 
So we just rather, you know, hang out with the people that we like to be with. But is that how Christ would want us to be? What about having um, people over that we aren't as comfortable with? Or like people from outside in the, in the world, our neighbors? You know, it might not be quite as nice for ourselves, but that's the way Christ, that's the mind that Christ would have us, would want us to have. If we are Christians, we will strive to have the mind of Christ. And that plays out in very practical ways. So this isn't something that's easy. The whole Christian life is not easy, but having the mind of Christ is not easy as well. We must assert ourselves and strive to live for others. To give our lives for others, it's a work. It's not just an easy, take-it-easy approach. Jesus' mind was that of a servanthood and of being, being a servant. I guess there, after verse 5 in Philippians 2, there in verse 7, it says, He made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. He said, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Learn the mind of Christ. You need to take his yoke upon him and learn of me. For... Um, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And you shall find rest unto your souls. We shall find rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly of heart. And you shall find rest unto your souls. So it sounds like if we take his yoke on us, and become lowly as he was, we will find rest. Did you know that there is rest in becoming lowly and not asserting ourselves, not um, making ourselves high? There is. It says, it's a promise, you shall find rest unto your souls. We find rest when our minds are wholly moved toward, towards the good of others and towards the prosperity of others. We shall find rest. The world around us thinks that we need to stand up for ourselves. You know, like, be yourself. Don't let other people trod you down and run over you. You need to make sure that, you know, things happen to you how you think they should, and people don't take advantage of you. But that is not the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ is to be lowly servant. And how will, how will those goals, um, the mind of Christ being a servant, how will those, that mindset be displayed in us? Or how will others know that it's in us? Is it just like if we talk and, you know, occasionally say something that we're Christian or that, um, you know, we want to live for God? Or 
What if we say a bunch, we talk a bunch, and we say a lot that, you know, oh, we just want to be like the Lord and um, want to be a servant like him. But that really doesn't do any good unless our, our lives display that, unless people see it coming from our lives. What about uh, verbalizing those things, Christ, those things that Christ um, wants us to have our minds, wants us to have in our minds? I'm not talking about, so verbalizing, normally you would say is talking, verbalizing it. I would like to um, kind of do a play on word about verbalizing it. So like making it into a verb, those things that, the mind that Christ wants us to have, we should make them into a verb. Verbalize those things. Verbalize those things that are in our minds and our world world view. So now for the next part of this song, live in me from day to day, all the time. It's not just some of the time that we need to live these things or have the mindset, but it's all the time. Remember, uh, it was a couple of Sundays ago, Elvin was talking about the simplicity of the gospel and how it's just super simple. Um, it's talking about abiding in Christ there in, I think it's John 15. Abide in me and I in you. This is what it is. Live in me from day to day, abiding in Christ each day. In this song, we are requesting, we are asking God to come Live in us, the mind of Christ be in my mind, and live in me all the time, from day to day. The next stanza, by his love and power controlling all I do and say. Love is a whole big topic. We could go a long time on that. It's a very strong thing, a very strong motivator. Um, one of the ways that Solomon said it's hard to understand is the way of a man with a mate, which that is because of the love that they have toward each other, it changes them. Like I was talking about earlier, um, our minds change us, and if we have, I guess, our mind, in our minds and in our heart, we feel love toward this certain individual or someone, and it changes us. It should change us. That's a good thing. So we are inviting God's love to change us, to control us. And I believe um, our minds are where our Christian life begins and continues. Um, it's a huge part of our Christian life. I haven't quite all figured out like how to separate our minds and our hearts, which they are very intertwined. I don't think we can necessarily, but um, it starts in our minds because Jesus says um, he that well, he talks about somebody building a building, and if he counts, if he starts building a building, and all of a sudden he runs out of money, people are going to laugh at him and mock him just because he didn't even count the cost before he started building. And so, are we not supposed to do that for Christian life? We need to think about it in our minds and reason and think: Is this worth it? Should is it worth me giving up all these things? It's costly, and we have to take sacrifice. It costs us our lives, actually, um, to live for Christ. 
It starts in our minds. But if we think about it, um, the Christian life is totally worth it if we believe the Bible. Because the um, result, end result of sin is death. Most of the time, we as people want to live. We, want to, we don't want to just go out and die, probably. Um, so if we control, if we don't allow God to control our lives, we are born with a sinful nature and we, um, we are sinful and we will die. But if we uh, submit our lives to Christ and allow him to control our lives, he will give us life. The end result will be life, life eternal. So just, I guess, bringing that out, because if we think about it in our minds, which is where Christian life begins, I believe, um, this is it's by far the best option there is out there if we allow Christ to take control of our lives by allowing him to control our minds. <clears throat> so by his love and power controlling, which is, um, love is powerful. I think maybe the power here is talking about is um, the Holy Spirit working in us by God's grace. And it's to change all I do and say. The mind of Christ that we must put on let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus will translate to the things we say and do. It's like verbalizing, verbalizing the mind of Christ. We are the hands and feet of Christ. So the second verse, how do we know the uh, mind of Christ? How we can't perform it, we can't have it in us unless we know what it is. And the second verse here says, May the word of God dwell richly in my heart from hour to hour. So we know it by the word of God. Know Christ's mind and heart by the word of God. By studying it, it says dwell richly. Riches, um, normally we say that somebody with riches is prospering, and it does prosper. So the same, we need to have the same type of the word of God dwelling in us. It needs to be rich. It needs to prosper us. <clears throat> Meditating on it hour by hour. So that all may see I triumph only through his power. Remember what I was talking about, about being a servant and thinking of ourselves um, not higher than we ought to think? That is so, in that way, um, others will see that we triumph only through his power. It won't be through ourselves and we won't be like, we're trying to lift up ourselves and say, I can do this. Look at me. But if 
if we allow the word of God to dwell richly in us, others will see that we triumph only through his power, through his grace. It says in Second Peter, no, First Peter 2, 12, one of the verses we memorized, um, having a conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by the good works which, your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. So there we see, in that verse, it's, it's saying that those that see our good works will glorify God because we're not doing it for ourselves. We're doing it for him. So verse 3, the peace of God, my Father, rule my life in everything. There are a lot of verses about peace and um, the God of peace. God is a God of peace. It says in Matthew 5, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. God is the God of peace, unlike many other gods or things, um, yeah, God's people worship. Normally they require certain things of their people, or they... The people think that they do. And um, they aren't a God of peace, but our God is a God of peace. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. And the peace of God that passes all understanding should keep your heart and mind. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. I think maybe that's where she got this verse right here. May the peace of God, my Father, rule my life in everything. May the peace of God rule your hearts, to which also you're called in one body, and be thankful. It says, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. Sanctify all of you. The God of peace will do that. Mark 9, it says, have salt in yourselves, and have peace one with another. May the peace of God, my Father, rule my life in everything. It definitely takes a ruling of our spirits to be at peace with each other. With others in the church. It would be interesting to look into that a little deeper. Um, Have salt in yourselves and have peace one with another. What is salt? Um, I think it's talking there earlier in the chapter about if salt has lost its savor. Wherewith shall it be salted? It's not really good for anything. And here it says, Have salt in yourselves and have peace one with another. Maybe it's talking about salt is a little bit gritty. We need to have grit in ourselves. You know, sometimes you just need to take it and absorb things that other people do. You need to have grit. You can't just, um, <clears throat> you can't just let everything affect you. And that will result in peace one with another. Peace is a fruit of the Spirit. The first two verses, the mind of Christ and the Word of God dwelling in us, I think will result in the fruit of the Spirit, and one of them is peace. Peace of God ruling our lives. A mind of peace. And an indication of the Word of God dwelling in us richly.
Um, <clears throat> then the last part of that verse, it says that I may be calm to comfort sick and sorrowing. The peace of God rules my life in everything that I may be calm to comfort sick and sorrowing. In the last day in the judgment, when Jesus will stand, um, stand and judge the evil and the good, so he put the sheep on his right hand, hand and the goat on his left. One of the deciding factors is um, what they did, how they verbalized uh, the mind of Christ. <clears throat> and one way um, that he says, one thing that he says is that um, they have... Um, he was sick. Jesus said he was sick and in prison and they visited him. And I guess how I want to bring that in is that if we have peace, the peace of God, our fathers, our Father, ruling our heart, we will be calm to comfort the sick and sorrowing when Jesus, or the least of the brethren, he says, as much as you've done it unto the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. So if we do that, if we calm and comfort the sick and sorrowing, we've done it unto Christ. It's one of the things that the, uh, that, um, the mind of Christ does in us. And we can't do that if we don't have peace. We don't want to be calm to comfort. So in verse 4, May the love of Jesus fill me as the waters fill the sea. There's another fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, and peace. Love is the first one. One that God would love to pour into our lives, the love of God. Remember last Sunday about um, praying and the very good encouragement to pray all the time. I think this is one thing that God would love to give us if we pray for it. The love of God to fill our heart. As the waters fill the sea, there's a lot of water in the sea actually more water than there is land on the earth and um, you can't scoop out the water and put it somewhere else really it's just there that's how the love of God should be in us it should just be in us all together here to serve others in love If we call ourselves Christians, we must make up our minds that we will love. There isn't another option out there. If we are a Christian, we will love. And we will be filled with it. And we will check our motives, which are very important to God. Our motives are. We will check our motives, whether they be directed by love or not. Why don't you turn with me to number 153 in songbooks? Sing that song. I thought of that, this song, as um, the last verse says about the love of God um, filling our lives as the water fills the sea. And I thought about um, the last verse here, the love of God, the song, the love of God. Could we with ink the ocean fill and where the skies of parchment made 
nobody could write the love of God. It would drain the ocean dry. Let's sing this song.